0: This is podcast number 481, and I am Libya, your host, and this week we have returning guests.
2: Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis.
1: This is Tom. I teach communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida.
3: Hey, this is Peter. I write for uh, Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. All right, let's
0: start off with the news. First up, we have that Joss Wheaton has been asked to leave the Nevers for HBO, And uh, his reasoning for why he's leaving is, uh, what's the word? Uh, A global pandemic is hard. (laughs) The actual reason why he's he's leaving the Nevers is that he's being sued uh, by, help me out again, what's that dude's name? Ray Fisher. Yeah, uh, and it's officially moving forward as a real lawsuit and HBO is like, I don't want to touch this. Yeah. So that's pretty much what's going on with that. Also, because technically Warner Brothers is associated with both of them. And it's the same Brothers, company. It's yeah, same, same company.
1: company. Exactly. Yeah. So they're like, I'm not getting involved. Owns Warner Media owns HBO owns Warner Brothers Pictures.
0: Right. Uh, they just put out a trailer. Uh, John Barrowman is returning to Doctor Who, and we will have him on New Year's Day. Hey. Woo! He hasn't aged today as an immortal, sort of. <laughs> um,
1: just squint your eyes; it'll be fine. Clean living and good makeup. <laughs> there you go. All right, Tom, you have news. I have a little bit. Um, Amazon has canceled Utopia after its first and only season. They've also announced that the expanse season six will be its final season. Oh, Ooh. sad. Because I think there's a couple. I think their book series is going to goes to seven or eight. And then finally, Pop TV has canceled one day at a time again.
0: It was canceled. It was canceled by Netflix, right? Or, it what? It was originally canceled by Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. it
2: keeps getting canceled.
3: But everybody Actually, keeps claiming it's so good. So I don't understand it why is, is it. It's really good. It's I mean it's a traditional sitcom, but it's funny. I literally watched the premiere of the Pop season, which is season four, and the the beginning. The teenage son is like watching TV. And he's like, uh, there's nothing good on Netflix." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. like yeah." So, um, but yeah, I mean, I really like the show. It, it's very much a traditional sitcom, but they get a lot of really good guest stars um, from the Latino community. Um, but they got both um, uh, what are their characters on Brooklyn Nine Nine? Um, who's the one married to Peralta?
0: Oh, oh
3: Amy. Um, yeah. they got amy and they also got, i'm so i can't think of the other character's name amy and um is it rosa yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah They got both of them and i was like oh my god they like there's like something where it's like extended family episode um which was pretty funny but yeah it's a good show just uh, i mean look i don't know with budgets and everything but and i think it is also well reviewed i think critics do like the show oh yeah the
1: the thing is Norman Lear is in his like mid to late 90s right yeah and he's still involved in creating great tv and the fact that he I mean he allowed them to basically reinvent his own show but they put a specific twist on it they made it multi-generational and I love Rita Moreno
3: yeah she's great really good then they
1: gender flipped one of the kids and yep. they made the mom a a, a, vet, a veteran with PTSD. Yep. So it's a great show and very different from the original. All
0: yeah, right, it's good. It's Is shame, there any other news? Any other news? Oh, that's it. All right, let's move on and start talking about the shows. First up, we have the the mid season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, and this episode basically the beginning of the episode was very much kind of a standalone with a weird dude making changes to walkers and making them Roman
1: like... Jonas from Star Trek Voyager.
0: Whatever. It's just, it was, it was a bizarre thing. And it was like, I have to keep everyone safe. Crazy, man. You can oh, tell. Was,
1: it was okay. I have not seen the show since season one. So I'm like, who are these people? And then it's the same problem that all the walking deads have had. They're more interested in the zombie kills, plural of the week, than actual character development. And that, that part with him was so tropey. I'm like, oh, come on. Just, oh, you remind me of my daughter. I must protect you. No, Even I- against I- your will, we'll lock you in this closet. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It- now, what was weird is they resolved the a plot like fifteen minutes before the episode ends, and then we bring in Lenny James.
0: Well, it was because it's the mid season finale, so they have to give you a cliffhanger. So they bring yeah. in the heavy guns and be like, "Yes, that was the standalone episode that we had an idea for, and now here is our cliffhanger, so that you'll come back yeah. next season or the second half of the season." And, and this
1: I, I woman... Sagan, yeah. oh, the villain, the, the big bad. Who's the the same actor as the assistant on The Boys? <laughs> She's about threatening as my dog's farts. I mean, come on, seriously. I don't yeah, think she's she supposed to...
2: She doesn't really work terribly well, no. unfortunately. I think, you know, the, part of it is the problem is that is that I do associate her now so strongly with the role that she plays on The Boys, where she is absolutely non-threatening. She's, she walks around terrified most of the time. So in this, where she also is terrified, but for a different reason, because she's parano- she, she's a paranoid, you know, leader
0: she's um, always sees a threat dangerous. yeah yeah
2: but but she's but but i don't accept her really as a threat she doesn't seem terribly threatening to me and it's just you know they have this this tendency to keep recycling the same idea over and over again like they did this same notion really with the governor and with with negan And where you've got this one charismatic leader who's trying to keep all these these disparate people together. But with with the governor, you could see him doing it because he pretended to be a nice guy and he gave people a sense of normalcy. And so there was a reason for them to follow him. And with Negan, he was just terrifying. (laughs) So there was a reason to to follow him there. But with her, it's like she's got, the, the the only reason she's frightening at all is because she's got all these guys with guns. And my feelings are, why don't they just turn them on her? Because <laughs> yeah he it's not charismatic, terrifying, or anything else.
3: Yeah, that's so, all right. Yeah. But Peter likes her, and why does Peter like her? Well, I think that I wouldn't disagree with everything. Strangely, I wouldn't really disagree with what you guys are saying. It's more that I think what that actress brings, and she kind of does it also in The Boys, she brings this kind of nervous energy as a person who's like, you kind of know that she's in over her head in the boys. It's very much played up. Like things are always out of control with PR on the characters and every, and on um, the seven and stuff. And here it's more like, she's kind of like a person who's in control. And it's almost like, it's almost like she's trying to convince herself that she's in control. And I guess that's what I think she brings that I like. I understand what you guys are saying. Like, is she ever really threatening? Not really. I don't really think of her and you're, you're totally right. Because she has the heavies behind her, that's why you have to follow her. So you're right. I guess I just – I I like that at least it feels a little different. I always felt that Negan and – um, is, is it an Alpha? Answer?
0: Oh, Alpha, yeah. Oh, Alpha, yeah. They
3: seemed a little – I mean, it is based on a comic book, but, like, a little cartoony to me. Like, they don't really seem like real people. I feel like the governor – and Virginia sort of seem like real people, and I guess I appreciate that. Again, I'm not really... Disag- I'm not disagreeing with you guys as much as it is maybe I like another aspect that you guys... I can like see... On.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see... Yeah, I can get behind yeah. you on that one.
1: All right, well, let's we move... Let's uh, count Elizabeth Moss. <laughs> let's move Where on. Elizabeth Moss. What's wrong with Elizabeth Moss? No, I like Elizabeth Moss, but it's like, we couldn't get Elizabeth Moss, so we got kind of a look-alike. Oh, it is kind <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right.
3: I kind of see that. But that's wait, a... but I will say, I I still like the show, and I was disappointed when Libya told me that was the finale. I was like, wait, wait, that's the finale? Because I, I was like, I can't wait to see what happens next. Because um, we find out that Strand knows that uh, Virginia has the woman. I'm sorry, I don't the person that Morgan likes.
0: Oh, uh, I was
3: gonna say Ruby, but that's not Grace. Is her name? Right. So I I thought it's a good it's a good cliffhanger. Like I was like, oh, okay. So. All right, well, let's move on. Uh,
0: Next up, we're going to talk about transplant. And this episode was basically a big PTSD episode. A building explodes down the street, and all the other doctors prep for the patients to come to them. And Bash grabs a bag and runs to the explosion, which is exactly what he's not supposed to do.
2: Um it was a good... it's exactly what he, he is kind of primed to do. I mean, right. I, what I thought was so interesting about this this particular episode is that everybody was running on the kind of things that they are are used to in their own environment. And, of course, for the people who who, you know, are residents of Toronto, they're not going to go running off to to the disaster area that's not their job their job is to wait at the hospital and and make up a plan for when they start bringing people in in various conditions so you know that's that's what they do but for him he comes from a war zone he comes from a failed state so it's it's this feeling that if he doesn't run to take care of these people they're they're just going to die there there's not going to be anyone for them So I I loved seeing the contrast in terms of of psychologically where the characters were. And I I totally understood, even as dumb as it seemed, you know, (laughs) why are you running off to to a disaster zone, to a bombing site? Um, It it made perfect sense in terms of the character. I will also say I get points,
0: uh, Tom, because as soon as he comes back from the explosion, the other doctor throws
1: herself at him. It's like, oh, my God, you're okay. I already conceded that to you weeks ago because <laughs> <laughs> it was obvious. She started making goo goo eyes at him, and yeah, and, and yeah. pharmacy or you know, patient rep woman, you know, Asian patient rep woman. It's like that was just a fling.
0: Yeah,
1: a yeah. little after, that was a little Toronto afternoon delight. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it was a really interesting episode though because um, I I forget her name, but. Um, the head doctor played by... Um, Tori oh, Higgins. Tori Higgins. Mom- John Hanna. No, I John- thought you meant Tori Higgins. I thought you said the head nurse. No, I said the head doctor. Oh. Uh, John Hanna's character wasn't going to recommend the young doctor. Basically said, I don't think you're fit out- cut up for emergency. And then she gets trapped in an elevator and has to do a very tricky procedure. Oh, yeah. And, and he-, he changes his mind. And then... Um, the pediatrician that Libby doesn't care about <laughs> realizes he wants to stay. Uh, he wants to stay he's there. Su-
2: he's super boring.
1: He's. has got gonna-
2: the other storylines.
0: His is kind of the least. His is. Yeah, I could totally gorgeous. sleep through his and not care. Yeah,
1: yeah. but anyway. But the Tor- go ahead. The Tori Hansen storyline with the with the girl whose whose friend would That was. It was interesting because they had all these they had all these storylines where people were in jeopardy, especially the, 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 the lesbian couple. And because both of them had really severe medical stuff, I'm like, Ooh, are they going to kill one of them? No, they kill somebody we don't care about, which is good. Uh,
0: Oh, they kill somebody (laughs) off screen that we never even met. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, because
0: that's how they roll. roll. All right, let's move on. Uh, thumbs up transplant. Yeah. great. Uh, next, next up, we're going to talk about Blackish. And this week's episode was what? It's
1: it's the one where Diane has posted pictures.
0: Oh, the twins! How they're going to treat them equally?
1: Think that her parents completely overreact, especially yes. Dre. Oh, Dre was out of control. He was completely out of control. Sometimes, you know, I like the show, but sometimes they up his doofus dad quotient too much.
0: Well, but, I mean, I get the overreaction because he didn't know his daughter was posting sexy pictures of herself on the Internet. I do well, feel a big—I uh, uh, can understand why the shock of that— The can, secret can,
1: Instagram can, account is what got her in trouble.
0: Right, right, where she was posting sexy pictures of herself. And she's, what, 14?
1: 15? The twins must be 14 or 15. I think they're yeah. probably 15 now because this show's been on for— like yeah, 70. so
0: I totally understand why the dad's freaking out. I, I get it. And then the sweater she was wearing for some random big dude. He was like, How big is this guy? Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> And and Jack says, Let's Dad, when you took his shirt off, the coach gasped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so all of that made you know, that, that made me laugh. Um, but I do like the fact that they realize that they overreacted and that there's a point where as much as they want to treat the twins exactly the same there are things they have to say to their daughter that they don't have to say to their son and probably vice versa
1: and vice versa too yeah
0: so yes they treated them the same up until now and now they have to uh figure something else out you know
1: What do you think so, about the junior the junior sub I don't know the the junior's girlfriend she's pretty but she doesn't do anything yeah, Yeah. she's just kind of dull Yeah. Well, they haven't
0: given her anything to do either So I don't know if it's her or what It's
1: for break uh, Quarantine
0: Yes, I think it's interesting They're they're kind of ignoring quarantine now Because they had a huge dinner And they I was like, what are you guys doing? But I'm
1: kind of over the shows Trying to play into Yes, we all know what's really going on in the real world But
0: Yes, let's go on with the shows That's fine but yeah. I just thought, since they made such a big deal about it at the beginning, and then yeah. now they were like, "Screw it, we're having a wedding, we're having a party." Now
1: it's Normal. Because <laughs> that quarantine, those quarantine episodes won't play in syndication.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good point. All right, uh, let's move on. Thumb up ish for uh, Blackish. Ha! I just saw what I did. All right, next up, we're going to talk about his Dark Materials. Uh, and I know we're further along, and I know we haven't talked about it before, but I just caught up with the premiere of season two, so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I think it's, what, up to episode three,
2: I think, but I'm not there it's yet. Up to, it's up to episode four. Well, I, no, actually, I, I take that back. In in the U.S., it's up to episode three. and The BBC has it up to episode four. So depending on how you're getting your your episodes, um, that determines that's how far where we are. You are. But
0: we're only oh. going to talk about the premiere. Jeez. I watched the finale of last season, and then I watched the premiere back to back, and that was a good back to back to do. Um, and the new season, I kind of man, last season was crazy how the cliffhanger was. But talking just to the new season, the new location. Do
2: you know Allison where they're shooting? that
1: city i i what?
2: heard that they would i heard that they were shooting in morocco um that so that's where they're getting all the scenes yeah but the, i think yeah the 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 look of the city itself that's that's computer generated and i think a lot of it is based on um oh and now i'm i'm a mont saint michel is is that what i'm thinking of where the the tide goes out and you can walk to this little like uh, this this um cathedral and and town that's built on this island and then the the it floods back in again and you know you have it's, it's all isolated but it's i think it it has that it has that look um only on a much much bigger scale and it's it's gorgeously done but i yeah. think the, the actual streets themselves not the interiors obviously those are sets but the when they're going along the streets i think that's a combination of where they were shooting in in morocco and and sets Okay, because we'll... I was like, I've never seen a city like that. I was like, that's fantastic. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. First of all, the design work this year, especially, is is really phenomenal. They they really exceed exceeded what they they did last year. I, I, I would say story wise, I want to like the witch storyline, but the witches
0: are just the witches. Like they don't have a personality yet. They feel like one conglomerous kind of entity, and. Then when they showed the head queen witch just, like, ripped through that that ship, I was like, how does the magistrate think they're going to beat the witches? I don't <laughs> understand. Like, the they must have some device that makes the witches uh, lose their power or something because that witch just rolled through there killing everybody, um, which was kind of cool to watch, but I still feel like they definitely need to develop them because they don't feel like people yet. They don't feel real at the moment. Yeah, they,
2: they do spend more time with the characters and they do develop more, them more. So that I, th- I think that, you know, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I, I, I do say that they do make them more individual and they have more specific personalities as, as you get along and they do show kind of the, the vulnerability of the characters because yeah i mean when you look at them at first you think they're so super powered how in the world can anyone defeat them and i think the, the one thing that makes it clear and i it do, it's this isn't a spoiler but they have a respect for the natural world and the, the way things are and tradition and things like that and they don't Want to abuse that the way that the magisterium does, and that makes them vulnerable in a sense because they refuse to do certain things, uh, because of that. So, so yeah, that I would say their ethics make them vulnerable.
0: Oh, that's so
3: sweet. (laughs) So, what did you think of the first? I have
0: a question, okay, because I only
3: saw like half of his dark materials season one. So, in that in the first season, basically. The woman, I forget what the actress's name is. I think she's from, is she from The Affair? Is that who that is?
2: Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Ruth
3: Wilson. Yes. She's not the big bad? Because it sounds like you're saying there's a more powerful person. Because she seems pretty powerful. Well, no, I'm
0: saying witches in themselves have powers. Like, they have, like, I don't understand how people who are not not witches. And the witches are not evil. They're not the bad guys.
3: But Ruth Ruth Wilson is or isn't the main villain.
2: She's main villainish. She's in the, the uh, villain. Is... She's more complex than that. Yes, yeah, she, she she's a gray really character. Qualities. She yeah. is an amazing character, and she has villainous qualities. She's she's a just, she
3: is a a troubled person. Oh wait, so um, you guys do we like but there's her?
2: An arc first, to her? First, first there's season, an arc she's to
3: her. pretty. You don't trust her from the start. I'm like, well, I'm not saying we trust her. her. But and I'm there's saying
2: she... more to her and yeah. there's more to, you know, there's, there's more to characters since you only, you said you've only gotten halfway through season one, you're going to discover that so, there's a lot more than her who turn out to be different than what you thought they were more. going to be. Yeah. That's a very mm-hmm. nice way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, she's, she's a great character because she's not good or bad. She does both in season one. She does both good things and bad things. And what's interesting about her is you don't know which she's going to do in a given
3: situation, necessarily. Isn't she, isn't she the one with the familiar, the daemon that's like pretty mean to, to our main character? Yes. Like, the, the monkey. But she's she's the like, one yeah, with the golden she's monkey. Like bad guy. Like, she
0: does seem like the bad guy. That's a very good way of putting it.
3: Okay.
0: Anyway, in season two, what I really like is they've taken, because they had the storyline that was happening on Earth. And for the longest time, I was like, what does this have to do with anything? And now they've linked th- those stories together. And I really like that moment where he was like, you have a talking monk or talking animal. What's going on with that? <laughs> and she was like, I have a demon. Where's your demon? He goes, what? I thought demons were evil. It's like the whole conversation we've wanted to have with her all of season one, he's mm-hmm. having. Um, and that was pretty cool. Uh, and I like... Oh, nice show was an alternate universe that's it is I mean, an alter, it is an alternate universe it is I mean, that's that is funny. literally the story is that yeah, they're in there an are, alter-
2: there are multiple verses it's a multiverse
0: right. right and one of the universes is our universe and ah. one of the characters comes from our universe and through a lot of season one I didn't understand why we were watching this story that was happening on earth and then now I'm like oh, okay I get it um so i like their alliance at least their temporary alliance that they have going on that's pretty cool um and liana marmont from game of thrones has another role <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> when
2: she came on it's like i went whoa okay uh, uh she doesn't get to do much unfortunately but well you know, and also she oh, was very mean and i was like oh liana I, I don't like her being Well, mean. she's in kind of a... No, but she's in a survival situation. That is you know? true.
0: That is true. It's,
2: um, it's, and she doesn't
0: know our characters, so why should she be nice to them? That's um, it. But anyway, I liked all that, so thumbs up for me. I'm going to keep... I'm going to try to catch up.
2: And it so. really does get better, too, with with every episode. I'm really impressed with this particular season. I think on so many levels, storyline, acting... Um, and and the the look of the piece—it's just—it looks gorgeous. I mean, yeah, it, it is so spectacular looking. I mean, to to the people who do the CGI and the, the design work on this show is all just amazing. Yep.
1: It's, a, it's a gorgeous looking show. Are yeah. they still in the first book, or are they, in, are they in the second book for season two?
2: I have not read the books, so I don't know. i no, I read the books. I read so long ago. Okay, from what I've read. Uh, They're sort of mix and matching because certain characters like don't show up at certain times in in certain books and they want to make it more fluid in terms of storytelling. So they're taking I think generally speaking, we've gotten through book one and we're starting into book two. But then there are other elements that they bring in so that they can have characters and and let you know what what characters are doing that normally if you that just in the books they wouldn't be talking about yet.
0: Right. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about saved by the bell. And when I say we, I mean, Peter and Tom and Allison. did you see it? <laughs> I did not. Okay. So Peter and Tom, you guys take this away. Saved by the bell 2020. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I was not, I didn't, I kind of put it on as a lark. Cause I wasn't a huge saved by the bell person like, or whatever, but I was like, eh, I'm kind of curious. Um, and I don't really watch much on peacock I don't have a subscription um, but I was pleasantly surprised I thought it gave me kind of a glee glee vibe um in the sense of like the the basic premise is that that kind of fake disney-esque high school sitcom world is basically merging with a more contemporary world where um, the, uh, the 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 are what you would think of a Saved by the bell world of of privilege and everything gets mixed because kids from, cause it it takes place in Los Angeles County and um, kids from um, poorer areas or just like normal public schools are now there. And so, but instead of it being like, although I do think it does deal with issues instead of it being very like dark and heavy, it's more like the naiveness of the, of the, of what we think of as the traditional characters now meeting the newer characters and the main character um who is latina shoot i don't remember what her name is though um she's kind of our window um but i thought it was daisy that, where was it the character's name is daisy daisy but it like like basically the plot of the pilot is that the two um two of the kids i think they're like is it they're gonna go run for president and one of them just it's really just they want a parking spot the class and of course, yeah yeah right and of course daisy it's like it's much bigger than that to be president and everything um i just really i really enjoyed it i'm very tempted to do the the seven day free trial to watch the rest of the episodes um
1: because i liked it i'm not
3: saying do it's they the best thing it up behind average,
1: the paywall but... peter what do they have it up beyond, behind the paywall
3: yeah it's like if you do like so the free is the pilot and then if uh, you, end uh, it, you have to go to the premium which although i think peacock I don't think it's
1: what is it maybe seven ninety nine. It's, it's not like Netflix. It's four it's four ninety five a month for premium unless you have Xfinity.
3: Yeah, so it's isn't that like what Apple Plus is? Yeah.
1: Something like that.
3: I think yeah. But um anyways, I enjoy, I enjoyed it, but Tom, I think you saw more than I did.
1: Oh, I saw the whole thing. <laughs> and oh, I,
3: how, uh, how many episodes is it?
1: Ten. It's it's just ten. No, I, I, I am I am a total Saved by the Bell fan. I discovered the show when I got back from Japan in the early nineties. Um ironically, Peter the first season of the show, it was on the Disney Channel, and it was called "Good Morning, Miss Bliss" with Haley Mills as the teacher, and about half the cast was teachers. And then Zach and uh, Zach and Screech and Lisa were the three kid were the three kids who carried over into the regular show when it moved to NBC. But the brilliance of the show is one of the thir- one of the thirty rock writers, uh, Tracy. I'm blanking on her last name. She developed the new version. And so it deconstructs the original show and serves as a sequel and a reboot. And uh, Zach, our, the lead, uh, uh, Mark-Paul Gosselaar, who's done everything and moves effortlessly between comedy and drama, but he's on a lark, he becomes governor of California. There's a budget crisis, so he closes low-performing schools and sends the students to high-performing schools. So the black and brown kids from Douglas get transferred to Bayside, and Mac Morris is Zack's ne'er-do-well son. But um, it's just, it's gotta, if you put 30 Rock Glee and the original show in a blender, you'd get yeah. this version. It's a lot of fun. They deal with some issues, but they deal with a deaf touch, and the jokes come fast and furious. There's there's a, a, a good, uh, there's a parent group in like episode two or three, where uh, John Michael Higgins is the principal and they've retconned him to be a member of the classic show. He wasn't, but they took footage for the reunion episode and inserted him in digitally. But uh, the parents, you know, the, the Anglo parents who really want to be involved and they form a group called Parents Parents uh, Integrating with Teachers and Youth. And the initials are pity. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they put together care packages for the Douglas kids with, oh wow, shampoo and a home pregnancy test. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun, but they do de- but they deal with some serious issues and there's kind of an arc to the season. but I, I highly recommend it's worth checking it out if only to get the free preview so you can binge it and then dump <laughs> peacock. <laughs> All
0: right. Uh, next up, let's talk about Star Trek Discovery. Woo! And this was your standard Star Trek trial episode, but with the not standard "Oh my God, my mom totally narked on me" um, <laughs> portion of it.
3: Oh wait, she doesn't nark till the end. That's not.
0: She totally narks on her. Oh, but she, told me. I mean,
3: she does. But that's not the, the, that's the. I was
0: making a joke, Peter. Yes, I'm, I'm aware.
1: But it's also a sequel to a, a next generation two-parter with Leonard Nimoy.
0: That is true. Then yeah. I like that they called it Unification Part Three because I was like, "Oh, I remember one and two. and uh, it makes me want to go back and watch those episodes. And they actually I saw showed Leonard footage Nimoy's
1: contracts for those episodes. He got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and so they're they're putting they put footage in from those episodes into the show, and it was really pretty good watching Michael you know see that footage was was pretty amazing and but it was like weird because it was like we find out uh spock's fate with with michael and her mom shows up it was just like a lot she got slammed from all directions family day on discovery (laughs) (laughs) so allison you go first what do you think
2: I, you know, overall, I I wasn't all that thrilled with the storyline, because I thought a lot of it was really predictable. And, and the whole, you know, family therapy session in the middle of what's supposed to be a trial about science didn't didn't thrill me a whole lot. It's like, I mean, I I was all about the the Vulcan who kept saying, I don't know what this has to do with what we're talking about. (laughs) It's Like, yes, I'm with you. Um, However, there were there were moments where I was where I was really affected. I I mean, definitely when they st- started showing the, the stuff with Leonard Nimoy and started showing Michael's reaction to it, it definitely got a little dusty around here. Um, you know, that, I, I definitely got a little bit teary-eyed. Um, and I, the thing is, too, I never really got into the whole make, retconning Michael into Spock's life before, but seeing that one little scene and just because she just played it so well, it's like I could see her, her pride in, in her little brother after, you know, and then the, the, the sadness that she feels having missed his life, um, by watching that scene. So I really did like that part, but, uh, overall, you know, I mean, it, it was, it was, it, uh, the lot the, of the, 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 the stuff with the family, the mother, I actually had to look up because I missed season two. <laughs> so I had to, I had to find a wiki and go, what is happening I I don't know why her mother is nine hundred years into the future and belongs to a group that didn't exist until Picard debuted a year ago. And that's yeah.
1: So I had a I was like I know black don't crack, but really?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. That woman has the best facial cream ever. Um, I do like that I do like that they resemble each other. I I find that pretty uh, cool.
0: Great Uh
1: Tom, go ahead. I thought it was interesting to see, you know, Spock's dream has come to life. Uh, Vulcan and uh, the Vulcan, the Vulcan empire, sorry, Vulcan and the Romulans have merged. So they've renamed the planet Navarre and the culture is this mishmash of Vulcan customs and Romulan customs. So it's kind of interesting. See, seeing Michael have to kind of navigate through them and people still have their different motives and their different suspicions, but uh, it was a good episode. I, as a courtroom episode, it was a little weak. It wasn't but... a lot of courtroom so... to it. It was more emotional yeah, manipulation. Yeah. yeah. And even though I was tempted to text Livia, the uh, told you so, told you so, it really makes no sense for, uh, for uh, Ensign Witch of a Jigger to be actually. Like... It's like, Tilly. It's like, really? Come on. They had to
0: have an entire yeah. scene to show how much the crew really, really accepted this idea to try to convince just, us as the audience to it accept really this idea. Yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> no, not really. Sorry. Uh, Peter, I like
3: chili, but come on.
0: Yeah. Peter, your thoughts real quick.
3: Oh, I um, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was as good as last week's episode. I I have, I am um, a, I think any, uh, people who know me know I'm more of a Star Wars person than a Star Trek person. Of course, I, I do love them both. But I, I haven't seen a lot of Star Trek, like everybody, unlike everyone else on this podcast. Um, however, I have felt this season, I thought Disco has been a stronger season than Mando. But, and we'll get to that soon, I think Mando was the clear winner between these two. I, even though I still didn't mind the court case, but you are right. It is, I mean, it's a thing. It's like, oh, this is a trial episode. But I also got emotional. I mean, it's great to see Nimoy. Uh, and stuff. I didn't mind the Tilly thing as much as you guys. It's totally ridiculous. Like, it is, but I like Tilly as a character. So, but you, again, again, like the other conversation, I am not disagreeing with the logic of what you guys are saying. It's more just, oh, I'm happy for Tilly. She's so adorable. Like, uh, it's, it's so one of
1: those because the script says so moments. Right. You know,
3: it is. Yeah. It totally is. It is. So, but I still enjoyed it. But I thought the last disco the week before, um although that was better. really good. That's yeah. probably my favorite season.
0: All right, well, let's wrap this one up. Uh next up, we're going to talk about the Crown, episodes 3 and 4, and when I say we, I mean Allison and Tom because Peter is behind.
1: <laughs> um so Allison and I had to binge season the the rest of season two and the rest of season three to catch up to you, but um, I'm digging the show. I know that the people I know that the Brits some of the Brits are aghast that they're taking such liberties, but Emma is it Cohen Corwin, who plays Diana.
3: Um, oh, it is something. It is an It is something like with a c. Yeah, she's really good. I she's luminous.
1: She's yeah. luminous, and she looks a lot like Diana, and she captures. Oh yeah. What we think of her personality. Josh O'Connor is better looking than Prince Charles could ever hope to be.
2: <laughs> so, much- <Whoa. laughs> so much better. I, I think that's part of the sympathy that we're feeling for him is. Oh, but he's so cute. Yes, he's a jerk, but he's so cute. Yeah, not not the real one. Not so but much. But it's
1: interesting that we see this. Um, that this that this relationship is doomed before they walk down the altar because he's got this torrid affair with Camilla Parker Bowles whose husband had a fling with Anne before they got before Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles got married but it's just the in jokes and and one of those things where this should not have happened but it did because that's that's life and we yeah. know how the story ends but that doesn't make it any the less tragic um, I
2: know, there, there were parts where I was just the, the scene in, in particular where Diana is already living in the cast in the palace and they haven't been married yet. And they're just, you know, acclimating her to everything and trying to teach her what you know, she's supposed to do. And she's trying to just get in touch with with the man she's going to marry. She wants to get him on the phone. She wants to get her her mother in law on the phone. And and she can't reach anybody. And nobody, nobody wants to talk to her. No one wants to communicate her, with her. And and she knows that the man that she's going to marry is going off doing anything and everything, no matter how trivial, rather than being with her. And I'm looking at this as I'm watching it thinking, girl, you should run. You should run far. You should run fast right now. And, of course, she doesn't. You know she won't. And it's it's like you're watching every sign... Of how this is going to just go bad, uh, play out before before it actually does, and and I think I, it's the. I have a quick he, question. So why are they getting married? They, they, he wanted to marry. Okay, this is the thing. He wanted to marry Camilla before she became Parker Bowles, um, and Camilla wasn't actually all that into him, honestly. And so what then? And, and the family did not want her to marry into it. so they sent Charles off, I forget where some some you know some kind of diplomatic thing. and while he was out of the country she, they paired hit her off with Parker Bowles and and married her off to him. and I mean not like you know she was sold into slavery she, she was perfectly happy to do it. She, to the, he had a lot of money, he was very sexy. And, and she was not that into Charles as, as he was to her. So when he came back, he found out that the woman he decided he loved more than anything in the world was married off to someone else, and he, he didn't want to get married to anyone. And in the meantime, his family is telling him, you're the heir. You have to get married. You It's got to happen sometime soon, sometime now. And it, uh, it eventually worked out that they picked out Diana you know she she checked all the boxes
1: ironically a, he was friends with her older sister
2: yeah he had dated her briefly and and met her when she was very young and uh, but she she just you know it was like picking a racehorse more than anything else it's like well she has all these breeder qualities so let's match them up you know and
1: did you know and, she's in real life she's actually related to Churchill yes Yes. Is I I visited Blenheim Blenheim Gardens when I was uh, at a faculty seminar in Oxford several years ago. I had no idea till then. But I'm like, wow. Yeah, she. I mean,
2: she had, like I said, the right lineage and everything else. But you know, so basically, she... the family picked her,
0: but then they hated her, and it was just they... anyway. I was just curious. Yeah, we, we don't have to love... spend a lot
2: of time on it. Let's keep going. It's
0: right, the but they, they, did...
1: Did, they just treated her like trash because because
2: she was there to be a, a, a broodmare basically that's and look pretty for the cameras and unfortun and, and what she was doing instead they hated the fact that she even though she she was from the the right class she hadn't been raised to know any of the protocols or anything like that so she was she she acted like a commoner and once she actually started getting in front of people um and they thought oh she's going to be disastrous it turned out nobody Gave uh, crap about Charles, but they loved her. The The people, the, the public, people, loved her. And that just became a huge point of contention for the rest of the family and for Charles in particular.
1: Yeah, and episode, episode four, basically, Elizabeth, it's called The Favorite because Elizabeth doesn't know who her favorite child is. And, uh, and Philip's kind of laughing at her because he totally knows. So she basically has interviews with her kids to figure out. Was her favorite. (laughs) That was so bizarre and so surreal, and it
2: said so much about Elizabeth, really. Because, I mean, the the idea that she's so disconnected from her own family that she actually has to schedule lunch meetings with her children to figure out which one she likes best, and it it was like meeting strangers. Like she was job interviewing. You know, it was it was so weird.
1: But that's kind of Peter Morgan's take on the Royals. He wrote The Queen, which is what won Dame Helen Mirren her Academy Award. And that was her take. That deals with the aftermath of Diana's death. But right. it's no surprise that that's kind of the spine of the story he's telling in The Crown. Exactly. So, right. Great show, and we know where Netflix's budget is going to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Alex Ryder, episodes three and four that I no longer remember what those were. Um
1: uh, is when he meets his fake family. Oh, and his, right, and his fake his sister. Polite and, and cordial, but his pretend sister is a complete biatch. <laughs> that <laughs> is an
2: insult to biatches, actually.
1: <laughs> she and was she a trip. And lets her friends hunt her fake brother, which is like, honey, no, no. Yeah. You don't see that with people.
0: Not with anybody, let alone. And she doesn't even understand the circumstances of why her well, father.
1: Because she she's so detached and
0: she's I too cool. Him. She's too cool, Allison. I'm curious, what did you think? Because you uh, you're catching up on the show behind us, which is yeah, weird because you usually have watched everything already.
2: I know, and I played catch it. Well, you know, I, I started watching it last week, and I just it was one of those really busy, heavy weeks, and I sat down and watched it. I got partway through episode two, and I, I just fell unconscious. And it wasn't because it wasn't a good show. It was just because I was wiped. So it, it took me a while before I got back to it. But it's, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm up to where you guys are. And I'm really enjoying the show, and I'm really enjoying the character. And the thing that I worried about most, I think, um, and that kept me from starting watching it to begin with, is that it it looked so much like a YA thing where, oh yeah, he's a super kid and he shows all the adults and instead they're very cognizant and and they make you aware constantly of the fact that he is just a teen and how inappropriate it is and incredibly dangerous and wrong and potentially illegal it it is for him (laughs) to be an agent in this case right. and they have to go through all kinds of gyrations to show why they're doing this in the first place. Um, all of which, I mean, when they were finally done with it, it made sense. And I, I bought that. I, the only thing that I do find a little difficult is, is, and they have, I don't think they've explained sufficiently uh, is how this kid has all these skills. I mean, yes, they've said, oh, well, he must have learned it from his uncle. But at the same time, they're saying that he didn't know his uncle was a, se- was, was a, a secret agent. Well,
0: I actually figured out one of the things, which is that first season is based off a very specific book. And I, it's called uh, whatever the uh, name of the school, Point Blank, Point Blank,
1: Point Blank, Point, Point Blank. Blanc. Blanc.
0: But that's not the first book in the series. Nope. It's it's like the second or third book in the series, and I feel like that's why we're kind of confused about
2: where he gets his knowledge from. Well, because... but they, even, even if they're not going to do that, they should at least explain it. Have, sit down and have a conversation. Or show well, I flash- think though, the closest they
0: have is they have him talking to Jack, who is his uh, uh, his maid, house servant? Housekeeper. I don't know, housekeeper. Uh, And they talk about all the activities his uncle took him on, like he took him Sri Lankan, he took him whitewater rafting, he took him like, so they went through this whole litany of all the things his uncle trained him to do. And uh, they're like, all of that equals, obviously, he had him do parkour and everything else. His uncle did have him do a lot of things that would be useful for survival. Not necessarily to be an agent, but
2: he trained him to survive all the situations that he's been in. Right, but it's very specific to get someone to like survive interrogation. I mean, how do, you do that. <laughs> that's for <a> true. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what that training is. Like, we're going to stick you in it's a small world in Disneyland and just stop the <laughs> ride and see if you break or not. <laughs> no, I mean, I just can't figure out what else they do with that. So. Tom, then, go ahead.
1: Episode four is when he actually gets to the school and finds out something is definitely hinky there. And yeah, the moment yeah. that really shocked me is when the evil head lady smacks him and whoa, like, yeah. him. and I'm like, whoa! And left a mark.
0: Yeah, his face was all
1: red for like the next
0: day. Like it wasn't it wasn't a little light slap. Like she almost basically she could have basically just punched him, and it would have done the same thing. Um, But what was so creepy was those other students that were sitting there eating in sync. That was creepy. Yeah, that was wrong. There's some kind of (laughs) eco
1: technique or whatever going on. Yeah. Uh, And meanwhile, back in uh, back in London or wherever, the um, the the double agent goes to visit Jack and steal. And Jack says too much, and he steals a photo. And he goes back to somewhere and gets himself killed. And the bad guys take the photo. So now Alex is really in danger. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to. The gonna only Google
0: thing him. that's helping him right now is they don't know what the photo means. Yeah. Like that's literally the only thing that's keeping him just have the modicum of safety. But you know, that's, that's like a ticking clock.
1: Oh Yeah. Yeah. And and we're just halfway through the season, but man, I was so tempted to watch more, and I had to stop myself, because these, these last two episodes were really good. I wonder if the movie, which was supposed to be terrible, tells some of that backstory that might have been. What's helpful. the
0: name? What's the name of the
1: movie? I think it's just Alex Rider. Oh.
0: Well, that seems
1: obvious. So I, I know the author is part of the is one of the executive producers. So when that happens in TV, that usually means that they're not going to screw it up because he's got he or she has some say.
0: All right, well, guys, if you're not watching it, please watch it. It's pretty good. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Don't and be afraid of the YA.
1: Awesome, uh, but he's great. I mean, yeah. he seems like a little kid. <laughs> yeah,
0: the lead's really good. He 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 uh, he adds an air of strangely gravitas for a teenager he -hmm. has that all right next up we're going to talk about flight attendant which peter watched is that correct
3: i saw the pilot i've only seen the premiere um i was nervous about this because i love kaylee kuoko i thought she i think she's she was terrific on big bang theory and i think she's great as harley quinn on the um the hbo max show But when I saw the trailer for this and it was like a murder mystery, I was like, eh, I was like, I kind of wish it was more of a comedy. Um, however, it's a black comedy, Peter. Yeah. It's a black comedy. It is not, uh, it, it, it definitely has humor and it's shot in a more sunny way than I was worried it was going to be. Um, it's a good cat. Like I like Rosie Perez, like she she shows up. Um, she's one of her friends and everything. They're coworkers. Um, and the guy that she murders is, he from Game of Thrones? Yeah,
1: yeah. She doesn't murder him. She sleeps Oh, wait, wait, I'm so sorry.
3: You're right. We don't know. Um, she wakes up in bed and his throat is slit. And then he, through the episode, he's talking to her, you know, which we assume is all in her head, uh, or whatever. Uh, um, I will say there are things though about it. Like she wakes up, sky's bloody, you know, he's dead. And then she's trying to like clean things. And then she doesn't want to, you know, she doesn't want anyone to know what happened. And then like. When she, when I think her and the crew are getting off the plane, they're like, oh, the, is it, is it the feds? Who is it that wants to talk to TSA? Oh, that's feds. Feds want to talk to everybody. And then she tries to escape. And like, there's a lot of things like that where I was like, oh, come on. I was like, I'd rather see a more interesting thing where she plays everything straight because she doesn't think that she killed this person. But she does a lot of those kind of things where I was just like, oh, come on, this makes you look guilty. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was okay. I would say that I like Kaylee Kuoko, and if I watched the next episode, it would be because of her. But I didn't think that the pilot was super strong. That I was like, oh, I just have to see what happens next.
1: I totally disagree. Uh, it you is based on a book. Like so. I didn't. Don't you don't feel like we've seen stuff like this before? I mean, I like her, but it's very. It's got kind of a Hitchcockian vibe. Of a circumstance beyond her control, but the funny thing, she does everything absolutely wrong, and Zosha Mammoth is her lawyer friend, and she she finally gets into Zosha Mammoth. It's like, you went to his office. What are you? Okay, calm down. <laughs> so I I really enjoy it. It's got a great oh. cast: uh, Zosha Mammoth, Rosie Perez, Meryl Dandridge, who is the lead on Greenleaf, and uh, the dude from Game of Thrones in Nashville, and I'm blanking his name. Um, Dan- Danish hot dude, but um, it, it's fun. I mean, because Kaylee Cuoco has this light comic touch, I root for her and I want to know how she's sure. gonna get out of this because she keeps doing stupid stuff.
0: <laughs> so. I have a question when you guys keep saying guy from Game of Thrones, Danish
3: dude, are you talking
0: about Jamie Lannister?
1: No, he's not Danish,
3: <sighs> yes, he is. No, it's not Jamie Lannister. But he is Danish. That's why I was confused. I was like, what are you talking about?
1: No, it's, um, um, I want to say Liam, but that's probably not right. Um, well, actually, sorry. He's from
0: Denmark. Sorry. so that's
1: Michael, uh, Michael or Michelle Placeman? I don't,
0: who, who did he play in Game of Thrones?
1: On Game of Thrones, he was the recast of, um...
0: Oh, Aurelio... Of
1: Dario. Dario, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, he's
1: pretty. Well, is it the one who made Goo Goo Eyes at Khaleesi? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, he's pretty. Okay, because I was like, there's only so many guys that I would qualify as pretty on Game of Thrones. All
1: right, continue. Sorry for the interruption. I I really like it. I think, for me, it's got got this mix of black humor because... (laughs) She just keeps doing... She, I mean, she's very pretty, but she's not bright, and she makes really stupid mistakes. So, uh, but I, I, I'm in to find out how she's going to get out of this. So, And Michelle Gomez shows up in episode two, and we know from her past roles, such as Missy on, the, on Doctor Who, that she's probably up to no good. <laughs> and she's got those high cheekbones.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, let's wrap that up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian.
1: Ba-boom, 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 ba-boom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is the culmination of two or three shows all coming together to form one perfect whole. It, I feel like, unfairly, it does punish viewers who have not seen Clone Wars and uh, The Rebels. If you have oh. not seen them, there will
1: be things you will miss. However, comma go ahead. It's still standaloney enough. It's a great payoff for people who've seen those animated series, but it still gives us enough information to keep Mando's storyline going, and we it's, finally find out Baby Yoda's real name. That's true, it's, but oh I, I'm just Yoda. wondering.
0: And yeah, it's Grogu? a great name, Grogu. Grogu. My question though
1: is, Allison, did you feel anything
2: when you met Ahsoka Tanu for the first time? I. The thing is, I have. I, I think I've I've watched like a couple of episodes of the animated series enough to know that it it wasn't for me. Um. So I and I I've heard enough people talk about her character, so I know who she was supposed to be. And and of course, people have been talking about her being introduced. Into this series, so if nothing else, I would have heard people saying, "Oh, it's so exciting! so Tano is going to be in this season." Um, so yeah, I, I, I had a, an idea of the role she played and and kind of what was going on. Um, the the other character who they name drop at the end, I had no clue about. I figured because of the you know the the situation of how important it was that she gets this information. Uh, that this was an, an important character and, pro- and probably something that other people knew, and you know, when I looked it up later and went, oh yeah, it is. Matter of fact, <laughs> uh, but even, how about we? I, I,
0: I audibly gasped when when we got the name. I was like, <gasps> like it was it was very comical. Yes.
2: Yeah, but, my, my reaction was not that, but I the, and coming from a perspective of someone who is. Almost ignorant of of the the animated series, um, I I still enjoyed the episode overall, and, and 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 I didn't feel really lost or anything like that.
1: Cool. Are we talked. Oh, Thrawn got name dropped. Oh yeah, Grand Admiral yeah. Thrawn. Oh, that was amazing. The, the really cool thing is Thrawn uh, debuted in the *Heir to the Empire* trilogy from the early '90s, which theoretically. Became apocryphal when Disney bought Lucasfilm. However, one of the things that Dave Filoni has been doing is picking parts of those, those Star Wars Legends series and making them canon by introducing elements in, in uh, either Rebels or Clone Wars. So Thrawn is, is for real's Star Wars canon, and it sounds like we're going to get a live action version
3: soon. Yay! Can I? Can I ask though? Um,
1: and Peter, I, I also didn't know who. Why, why so blue? <laughs> wait, wait, <what? laughs> You'll have a real answer for why so blue because I'm right. a fun fan. <laughs> um,
3: what, my, no, I really liked the episode a lot. Um, I liked how and it's it's a fine line, but traditionally Mando is more of a Western. It's like a sci-fi Western. This felt more like samurai, obviously because oh, the Jedi and like. And I love, I love them. I love when Mando meets um, uh, Ahsoka and she does her double white lightsabers on him and he blocks it and you're like, oh my God, like that metal, because we know that the Mandalorian armor is really strong. I was like, wow, that's like that's really strong. Like, um, And later then when she has the big fight against the villain, you know, because she has like some kind of spear, you know that that spear, because we know it's the same metal as Mando, we know that, it's, that you can... Perry and everything i just thought that was really great my only question to you guys though was that i go back and forth on seeing uh ahsoka in real life on the one hand i think that they did a great job with the makeup and the lighting essentially it's kind of the way um uh what is it um karen jillian and um zoe zeldana look in um oh, Guardians of the galaxy yeah where it's like it's kind of like a face paint but it's also like digitally like cleaned up and, and it looks so it does look good however it's so literally what the character looks like in the cartoon which i guess allison wouldn't have known that i felt no, it... i've
2: seen pictures of her so oh. i do i was actually impressed with how they they got her to look like she I looks in the uh, animated version
3: I guess there's a part of me that felt like it was a little cosplay to me, where it's like, it's a little too literal. It's like, you just looked at the cartoon, we're like, this is exactly what she's gonna look like. And I was like, I, it's a Why weird... would they, but, but why would they make her look different? I know, I'm not saying that they should make her look completely different, but I don't know. It's like, it's a hard thing, but it's like, when you read a book or you see something and then you do a new, inter- and you do a new thing, it's like, this is a live action version. How did you feel when Bo-Katan showed literal. up before what? or two weeks ago? How did you Wait, feel when Bo-Katan showed up? She was exactly like the cartoon. Oh, I have not seen her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that her? Uh, You talk about Starbucks from... Yeah, Boundary. yeah. They made... Yeah, I- know that so i was just like all right it's another mando character like uh yeah right so i haven't seen that character like no i can, you know i can ad- i can kind of understand what peter is saying from
2: a design perspective the the thing that i always appreciate when they take a character that's that's a comic book per- character because of course in the comics everything has to be big bright bold colors and everything's very very basic Um, is that they add all kinds of texture and detail and and they mute the colors usually to to be more realistic and it's it's all those little design things that that make it It, look like okay yeah you can recognize the character but it's like this is the real life version of it except i would say except that in
0: star wars there are characters that look like cartoons. Like so I know, so, I know, I know. Yeah, so yeah. that doesn't
2: really work. I mean, it's it's fair, and like I said, I was I was impressed with, with what she looked like. But I do understand what Peter's saying too. And I think I think if they had gone uh, the way of, of saying, okay, she's gonna she's gonna have more detail and texture, I think that would have been interesting too. And she as does, as long that, does they like, keep her looking like well, I, you know, I will say as a fan her. of Ahsoka Tanu.
0: I was very happy. I thought uh, I, she looked exactly like I wanted her to look.
2: I thought she looked good, too. But I think, I'm just saying, from a design perspective, there are two different ways you can go. And I I was fine with, with the way that they did it, but I do understand what Peter is saying.
3: It would have been interesting if you sent... Uh was on this because she's like, you know, costumes and everything. I'd be curious to see what she thinks. Well, I think costume uh, is different also than makeup. That's a true. different department. Oh, you're right. You're right. Um, but uh, Tom, say, Tom
0: had a comment. Let Tom, oh, sorry, Tom.
1: Go ahead. I think, they, I think if they had cha- altered her appearance much from the cartoon, sorry, animated series, that the, the loyal fanboys and fangirls would have had a conniption fit. Yeah. Because there's already a, a vocal contingent who's upset that Ashley Eckstein didn't play her. It's like... She's a vocal. Not all vocal actors, you know, are screen. Look actors.
2: like they're yeah. Yeah,
0: and and the thing is, Rosario Dawson does look like the grown up version of Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the reason and then- that the reason that uh Starbuck works is she did the voice, and she does look similar enough to I the think character
1: the character offer to begin with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that right. that actually works. So yeah, it's not one to one. Uh, I am curious to see who they're going to cast to be Thrawn, though. That has me excited.
1: Could be, uh, I think, Lars Mikkelsen plays him on the show, so... Does he do look he,
3: like him? Or do you think he would kind be...
1: Up, he's Mad's older brother, so...
3: I've mm-hmm. seen pictures of him. Do you think it would be an actor, or do you think he would be completely because he's blue? Do you think he would be just that's a, a computer generated character? No, he's
0: going to be an actor. They can do blue makeup. That's yeah, <laughs> that's just you pretty could, basic. Right? Well, and but also I don't think he's going to be computer. Silly, like... No, yeah, but I don't think like the character doesn't need to be
1: computer generated.
3: Yeah. It's just a dude with blue makeup on. Like, yes, wait,
1: he's pretty is, much he, it. is he a, an well, evil dude wait. with blue makeup? Well, on. Yes. So
3: he is because I don't know about this about Thron. I'm assuming... So he's an alien. He, I shouldn't say it's an alien because it's Star Wars, but he's not a human. Correct. He's yeah. a, but he yeah. looks he looks 95%
0: human other than he's blue and he has red eyes.
3: Oh, he has red eyes too? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh. But hmm. you should watch, uh, Peter. You should watch Star Wars. I started watching... Yeah, I know. I started watching Rebels. I finished the first two episodes and I like it. I want to get back to it. Um, I know that some people are wondering if Who's the lead on Rebels? Ezra. Uh, Ezra. Yeah, they're setting the table. I it's think like, that it, I think the, the Jedi. Was yeah, Ezra. I, yeah, I think Grogu when
0: he goes to the temple to reach out to get a Jedi, I think he's going to contact Ezra. Ooh.
3: Wait, don't you think we would have heard that someone was cast as Ezra then?
0: Well, I mean, no, because they kept a lot of stuff secret. So I because we, we heard really Rosario Dawson
3: quite
0: a yeah, while.
1: Yeah, but we didn't hear about Timothy Oliphant. I'm. Um, I'm convinced that they leak stuff to appropriate people to create buzz.
0: Correct, and and
1: That's we funny. yeah. Because you sign an NDA and they find out you violated it, you're in deep doo doo. Right. I mean, honestly, I would.
3: Stuff, think if, I would think if he wasn't already in Dune, I would think Timothy Chalamet would be Ezra. I'm like, oh yeah, that would be him. Because oh, wait, how old would he be now? Ezra now is a grown man. Oh, uh, so yeah. He's, but that I can see it, like the little hair, that that wavy hair. I'm like, well, oh, also totally
0: by the time they they grow him up, so by the time you get to second season, he doesn't look like that little kid anymore. Wait, what? Really? He grows up. Just because he's a cartoon doesn't mean he grows up. He grows up on the show. Oh, okay.
1: Hmm. Yep.
0: Anyway, so that is all I think we have to say about Mando. Did we say
3: anything? We were we were off on tangents. Well, good. I... He was good it was good what episode of mando is that halfway how far are we in the show we're okay.
1: over... we're over that was episode 13 wait thir... no 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 is 8, eight, 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 plus eight plus 5 13 that was episode that was episode 205 so if they two did eight, we left. have two okay. episodes left
0: yeah all right hmm. so I, I i mean the only thing i'm frustrated by is i wanted Ahsoka to join the team which she did
3: not but That's... Every, every episode, every episode, I want them to join. I'm like, why? I want Timothy Elephant to join. <laughs> I want <laughs> like that's every episode of Mando.
2: But right. apparently, that the, yeah. they this is the what Elephant they're going did, to do. Uh, they they show them all at the beginning, and they all have their own individual episodes, and then they join together at the very very end. I'm Well, assuming. apparently, is now their trope with well, with Mandalorian. We haven't talked about Michael Bean yet.
3: Oh, that's right. Oh, I was, yes. yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. I, I didn't was, recognize I didn't, him didn't, at all.
1: Not at all. Not at all. But he acquitted himself well. Yeah. He was, she, uh, she, she could tell him from his butt walk. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. you <laughs> can recognize a, a fine piece of you know what from his swagger. I, I will say that Michael Bean has enough presence
3: that one of the tropes that I think they do on Mandalorian a little too much, even though I like it, is there is always a bunch of thugs who think they can take on Mandalorian. I'm always like, come on, guys. He's got the armor. He's clearly going to win. I will say that Bean has enough presence and the conversation and the stand-up, it's enough that I was like, okay, I can sort of believe this guy thinks he might be able to beat him. Like, so I'll give him credit for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't,
0: but mainly because I didn't know who he
1: was. I was like, who is this dude that thinks he could take yeah. on the Mandalorian? I was it's like, he's obviously going to lose. Mandalorian, not, the, not the dude from Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: the man- it's not called the Marshall. It's called the Mandalorian. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's true. All right. It's armor. how are you going to get through that? Like, If you're a dead shot, you got to be a really good shot. Yeah, you got to be a really right. good shot, man. Like, But it was good. Yes.
0: Thumbs up. Best episode of Mandalorian they've had in quite a while. I was yeah. very geeked for Keep it. Alone. Yes, I'm going to watch all of the things. Now I haven't even read Heir to the Empire. That's now on my list. All right. That's all we have for you this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Wiedenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.